You are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I am Ms. Shannon. Happy to be uh, joining you this week because The Mom Show is one of my favorite hours of the week, and here's why. I, just like so many of you My Talkers, very busy mom. You get distracted. You think you have time to look things up. You think you have time to find information for you and your family and make sure that you are working in the best interest of everyone that you love. But you just get busy, and you're now, you know, somebody dropped an egg on the floor, and now you have to clean it up. And those things <laughs> get in the way of you actually being being able to find some of this very relevant information. And we have it all for you here every Sunday morning on The Mom Show. And so to help us this morning, uh, one of our panel of rotating experts, we are joined again this morning by Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas. Good morning, Deanne. Good morning. And I always appreciate when you come in because you are, uh, one, you're like a rock star attorney. Like you have been, (laughs) don't be humble because you've been doing this for like, I don't want to, I don't want to date you, but a really long time. And that's because- Time. You started in this firm when, you know, as what you said you were. I was an, 16. Yes. Yeah, so you were a legal aid at the time? Or yeah, what I did was you just start? a file clerk doing this work, helping get the firm organized and just doing whatever needed to be done and just kind of worked my way up and, and became a partner in 2003. See, that is a great story because people like to go, well, why do you do what you do? And I think that we see on television, we go, OK, I've watched Criminal Minds. I've watched uh, L.A. Law. I've watched all these things. And you have this this weird uh, perspective of what attorneys do. You know, and yeah, then no, go, it's not all so glamorous. Right. No, no, no. And you can say that, you know, from an, an actual, you know, beginning to end story of the nope, I started and I was just filing papers and dusting shelves. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean when I started, we had just gotten our very first computer in the office. Wow. And I was sixteen and was not even allowed to touch it because it was such <laughs> this beautiful baby that everyone wanted to take care of. Um and it's just it's it's an amazing transformation to go from that and then to find that real joy and that love in what we do, helping people, and to continue to do it so many years later, right. now, more than 30 years later. And so now you work in family law. So mm-hmm. of all the varieties of law that you could practice, why did you decide to go and do this, Deanne? Well, it really helps to understand people and to want to help people. My background is in psychology. That was my underlying degree. Okay. And when you dealing with people in family law situations, it's more than just the law. It's more than just working through a contract. It's really helping someone to plan out what's going to happen to their family during this most difficult time. So understanding not only the legal and the financial components, you really need to understand people and figure out not what's going to work for anybody, but what's going to work for this person, for this family to really try to keep them out of your office for the rest of their lives. Right. And it does sound from the information and the anecdotes that you've shared before, Deanne, mm-hmm. it does seem like we come in thinking that there's going to be some sort of cookie cutter experience yeah. and you really need to displace all that information and go, I need to come up, look at you as an individual case. 
Right. If you go in and talk to any lawyer and they're going to give you some sort of idea of, oh, yeah, this will be a thousand bucks and you're going to fill out this form and we'll have you divorced in a couple of you know hours. That's just the such the wrong way of doing it. And right. Even the forms that the counties provide, because every county is required to provide certain forms for you to do things. Those are the most generic, most unhelpful forms that you can have because it really doesn't get to the heart of what really people need to be thinking about right if you look at those generic forms they've got a half page that deals with everything associated with your children oh goodness you can everything <laughs> everything <laughs> i don't think i could sum up my one child in a half a page no, no you can't do it and so you really do yourself a disservice because all you do is you kick that dispute or that problem down the road to a place where maybe now you're not getting along as well and right. instead of having dealt with that up front when maybe things are going okay now we're dealing with this problem when it's an emergency. Um, and it's really, really important to know that whatever your problems were when you were married to this person are going to be problems now that you're getting divorced. Right. It's not like people genie blink into a whole different person. No, you are so you've got to deal with it. you got to be honest with the problem. you got to really be open and design your divorce or your family law situation around what you know your strengths and your weaknesses are in this relationship. Well, um, if you have any questions, you can always contact us here at The Mom Show. It's number 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. You can ask our expert, Deanne Doulas from Sheridan Doulas, some questions. I do remind you that although she's an, uh, an attorney and some of the information you hear today may apply to you, it is not legal advice. Mm-hmm. This is general information and uh, we can answer some common questions. But if you have specific questions or concerns, you definitely should make an appointment and talk to your own attorney and hopefully that might and, and possibly that might be uh, over at Sheridan and Doulas because you guys handle a variety of things you, you are not the only attorney that are there so the suite of products again that they can uh, partake in over at Sheridan Doulas is what well I do family law uh, but we have three other attorneys there as well my partner Jeff Sheridan does primarily criminal law and related uh, issues to DWI and implied consent proceedings I have another lawyer in my office who deals with family law issues, same gender issues, uh, probates and wills, and then another uh, lawyer at our firm who does wills and trusts, probates, workers' compensation, contracts, and also does uh, some business work. So it's really about trying to figure out what the needs of real people are and helping real people. And sometimes it might be, okay, you think that you're dealing with one scenario, but it kind of might domino into other aspects of your life. Always, always. There, there is nothing that is so isolated in any issue of law that you're really only dealing with ever one thing. Well, if you want to get in contact with them outside of the mom show, that's a very easy thing for you to do. You can call her at 651-968-1249 or go to their website, ssdpa.com. Today, though, I know it's spring and we are thinking about the squirrels. I've seen so many bunnies out in my yard. Uh, we think this is a good time to sit there and get some lovely like uh, uh, Mother's Day type attire that I'm ready for now that we're finally <laughs> spring. But a lot of people are also we're swinging into spring wedding season. Oh, yeah. And not to be a buzzkill, but I think that this will be really fun because we are going to talk about something that a lot of times when you are caught up in the glitz and glamour of planning your wedding, you don't think about what may happen down the road. 
Yes. And so we're going to talk about prenuptial agreements. We are talking about <laughs> prenuptial agreements. And it is one of the most misunderstood areas of family law because we really, we see a lot of things about what celebrities are doing. Right. And we, you know, on television, we're watching a sitcom and everybody's just screaming, you need to get a prenup. Yes. But nobody really knows what a prenup does. No, it's, it's not just this, words. Yeah, yeah, it's words. It's not magic. There isn't one prenup that goes for everybody. They really can do multiple different things depending on what your needs are. So, I think also, since we mostly hear about prenuptial agreements, especially all of us, my talkers, we know it because we listen to celebrities talk yeah. about them or we wonder if there's going to be some celebrity breakup if they had one. So that's all we know about them. Mm-hmm. But you think, oh, that's something that you need if you're Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I don't think about it if I'm just, you know, Miss Shannon from Maple Grove. No, no. <laughs> like, Miss Shannon from Maple Grove needs to think about it too, depending on what Miss Shannon's situation Watch. is. Watch, we'll do, we'll do a little quick focus group. Producer Sonny? Yeah, I wanted to jump in. Yes. <laughs> Producer Sonny, you are similar to me. You are single. Uh, if you got, if you decided you're going to get married, would it occur to you that you needed a prenuptial agreement? I am actually engaged. Oh! Congratulations! <laughs> I knew that your man friend was around, but I didn't know it was that far. Yeah. Oh, this will be great. Okay, yes, Producer yes. Sonny, because I am so far still into the single realm. <laughs> I'm not even discussing this. So, Producer Sonny, this is perfect. So, as we are talking to Deanne, if you, you know, these, this will be good because we can see why Producer Sonny, I'm presuming that you have not started these conversations with your man friend We yet. have started, and I'm and, my, and I was going to ask you straight out the gate, like, what's the biggest misconception about prenuptial agreements? Perfect. Oh, gosh, there are so many things. The, the biggest one, though, of all things is that it's only there to protect premarital property. OK. Ooh. And that is not true. Um, protecting premarital property is one of the things that it can do. But it's actually a kind of a small thing because already in Minnesota law, if you have premarital property and you can prove that it's your premarital property and you can trace to it, the court already protects that. So let's put that in layman's turn. Yeah. So premarital property. Are you just saying everything that I had before we got married and everything that my potential partner has before they got married? That's what most people think. It only has something to do with that. Yes, that's what they're talking about. Most of the times people just think I'm just protecting the stuff I had before I got married. And that's not really what it's trying to do. Now, here's the problem with that. If you don't have a prenuptial agreement and you're trying to protect those assets, let's say you had $10,000 in a 401k. Right. And you get married. Yes. Okay. You can show I you had ten thousand dollars in your pre or in your four hundred one k between now and when you got married or when you get are getting divorced, but let's say that the market has gone crazy and you've been married for twenty years. Yes, and you've invested really wisely. That ten thousand dollars may no longer be worth ten thousand dollars. It's grown over that time in the right. marriage, and here's where the problem is with premarital property, at least in Minnesota. You've got to have nearly all of those statements mm. for the entire duration of your marriage. Oh, goodness. To be able to trace through that asset. And so if it's a short term marriage, you're six, seven years in, the, the, those records are still going to be accessible by the providers. Right. But you've been married 10 years, 20 years, unless you've kept a copy of I can't of them. even remember my old phone number from when my ex husband and I got together. Now we got to remember all the receipts. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> so it makes tracing really, really difficult, even when you've got a solid premarital asset. So prenuptial agreements, while they don't 
protected anymore, we can change the rules for how we prove that prenuptial agreement at a time of divorce when all the records have long since gone by. All right. Well, we are going to cover some more information about who should get a a prenuptial agreement and who you need to help write up all of these things and and get all of that information and and hopefully make producer Sonny make some good life choices. So we're going to cover all of that with our uh, our guests this week uh, from Sheridan and Doulas, Deanne Doulas here on The Mom Show. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Shannon, joined from uh, Sheridan and Doulas. Our friend Deanne Doulas is here. And uh, <laughs> we were talking about uh, prenuptial agreements. And this mm-hmm. turned out to be a perfect, just the lining up of the universe. Because I knew that <laughs> producer Sonny was in a relationship, but I had not known that she had gotten far enough that they were actually getting to the let's plan a wedding thing. So this is yes, perfect ma'am. timing. Yes, so ma'am. prenuptial agreements, good information for her. She can chime in with her questions, but you can chime in with your questions as well. If you're out there and you would love to ask a question from Deanne over at Sheridan Dulles, you hit us up at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And Deanne, you mentioned uh, the most common preconce- uh, misconception yes. um, already. So again, let's just sum up You know, as we go into this particular segment, what a prenuptial agreement is supposed to be. Okay, so a prenuptial agreement, very simply, mm-hmm. is a contract between two people that changes how the laws of Minnesota impact them at different stages in their life. Okay. So once you get married, there are laws that control how you own property together. You can change those in this contract. Once you are married, there are laws that control how you get divorced. Okay. You can include in this contract how you're going to change those rules. Does it stay the same between states? Like based no. on the laws? No. So the, do you have to have different prenups for different states? If you're going to go to different states, you want to make sure that before you go to that state, that you talk to a lawyer in that state and adjust as necessary because there are some places where some of the agreements are flat out against public policy. Like in Texas, it is against public policy to have monthly spousal maintenance be more than $5,000 a month. I remember you saying that, that they just have a law that says that's enough money. That's enough money. (laughs) Regardless of what else matters. It does not matter if your uh, husband is an oil baron. You only need five grand a month. That's it. (laughs) You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're good. Um, So you really do want to check because every state has different laws about this and make sure that your agreement is going to transfer to that new state. Wow. And so Deanne, a prenuptial agreement is specifically if you're getting married. What was the one Again, if you were basically you and a partner were going to move in together or in a relationship, because I think we talked about that a few months ago. What was that? That's a cohabitation agreement. Okay. And so when you've got two people that are living together but are not married to each other, right? There is actually incredibly little law that controls that relationship and right. ownership of those pieces of property. So if you're going to start buying things together or sharing expenses, like it, the house is in his name but you're paying the mortgage, right? You're going to walk out of that with no money. You're going to get nothing back for that unless you bring a very expensive lawsuit. So having a cohabitation agreement that defines that ownership and those contributions is the only way to really protect yourself. But again, it's a contract that changes how Minnesota law would otherwise treat you. And I think that we need to help people 
appropriately emotionally frame a cohabitation agreement and a prenuptial agreement. Yes. Because they sound so unromantic that you probably are a little, you know, fearful of bringing the topic up because you're in love. Like, producer mm-hmm. Sonny, do you, you know, you could sit there and go, I don't want to bring this up to my partner because they'll think that I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. No, we, I know that we're, we're, the, we're at a point in our relationship where, where we know that we have to have the uncomfortable conversations and it's mm-hmm. better, yeah. to, it's better to have them earlier than to let them fester and bubble over that's right. just that's we've made that decision to do that so that's why i'm glad we're having this conversation today because i want to keep my care bear teddy bears <laughs> <laughs> and i don't want no beef if it comes up later <laughs> well and, and that is so true because really with a part of this prenuptial agreement what we're doing is we're planning your divorce right and that is so hard for people emotionally. And w- one of the more reasons why it's better to get it done, you know, a few months before the actual ceremony, because if you're still negotiating the week or two before, right. you know, how we're going to deal with income during the marriage, uh, it can take some of that glow off of that process because now you're seeing this other person as an adversary and not your greatest love. Ah, So you should do more of the, if once somebody, one party, the other proposes mm-hmm. and you go cool and you start setting a date. then you should go okay as we are preparing to where we're going to have the ceremony what kind of food we are having as we're setting that date let's sit down with someone and come up with the prenuptial agreement right and what it really is is it's just about setting expectation okay right because even though you've you're in love with this person and maybe you've talked finances before you may still have very different expectations for how you're going to handle money and resources During your marriage. So this is just about really trying to get that conversation out of the way about how you want to live your lives together. Something takes it out of that romantic love, but it's really quite practical. And you might find that they've got a much different idea that's terribly uncomfortable. Right. Um, And. You know, we've had that situation happen where you do a prenuptial agreement and you realize, oh, my God, who am I marrying? Who is this yes. person? It and almost you, seems like a filter that you yeah. should have before you tie the knot. Like, let's really see who you are. Let's right. discuss this. Let's yes. talk about this. Because it really does come down to, I mean, something as simple as how are we going to handle our money once we're married to each other? Right. Are we going to have one joint account? Are you going to have your money? Am I going to have my money? Are we going to share expenses? What happens if, uh, you know, you are, have a $300,000 job and I'm making $40,000 somewhere and I'm still expected to put the same amount of money in. Right. Right. How does, how does that work? And so really having that honest conversation helps you to get some of that out of the way so that you're not just kind of walking on eggshells wondering how long this is going to last. So what I'm hearing is I think when I hear the word prenuptial, I think, okay, let's just get every promise in or let's get all this stuff taken care of before we get into the marriage. What I'm hearing you say is it's also talking about what's happening during the marriage. Yes. A prenuptial agreement doesn't just impact you at divorce. It can impact how we handle finances during a marriage. It can define uh, marital property differently during the marriage and more importantly and this is a big one that people forget about it also can control our rights at the time of a spouse's death okay really important for folks that are on their second marriage or maybe have adult kids yes now we're we're thinking about this if you die without a will yes your spouse is going to get a hundred percent of everything okay? okay and let's say you die with a will and you leave everything to your children Right. But you've been married to spouse number two for 10 to 20 years. Right. They have the right, even if your will says they get nothing, 
to come in and object to the will and say, oh, no, I get half before your kids get anything. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. right. So definitely something that you'd want to talk about. Absolutely. So we really have to think about it from three different time frames. What are the rules going to look like while we're married? What are the rules going to look like if we're divorced? And what's going to happen if we die? And keeping in mind, you might still be very happily married to that person. Right. But we can control how the law deals with dividing up those assets at that time when you're gone and you have no voice anymore. Um, what, what's going to happen to protect your kids or protect your husband as we move forward? Well, we do have to go to break, but when we come back, I want to definitely talk about who can set this up. Like, can mm-hmm. we do this at home? I know we have mm-hmm. a bunch of DIY people out there. So yeah. let's see if we can do that. And we'll also give you some more information on how to make sure that you are protecting you, your family, and your potential loved ones as yes. you are moving into wedded bliss. We're going to continue talking about prenuptial agreements here on The Mom Show when we get back. Thank you for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Ms. Shannon, joined from Sheridan and Doulas. Deanne Doulas is here. And, and Deanne, again, um, I want to remind everybody if they have a question, they can call us here on The Mom Show at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We have some uh, very good information and we can answer some common questions for you if you want to get in here. Just like producer Sonny, who is, uh, it, it turned out the universe aligned appropriately. Maybe <laughs> uh, I needed to know this. Universe was like, you need to know this. Because <laughs> today we are talking about prenuptial agreements. And I like that we are demystifying them and we mm-hmm. are hopefully making people, and I know that it, you, know, you still would feel very anxious about potentially bringing this up to a yes. partner. So maybe this will be good because what will happen is we'll have this conversation here on my talk here on the mom show. Then we'll have it available as a podcast. It will be downloadable on demand. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling anxious, you could just maybe like have it softly play in the background. Yeah, for- <laughs> that will work. That's <laughs> a subtle hint. So one day you could just be listening to it and then you go, oh my goodness, they brought up prenuptials. Maybe we should have a conversation. So yeah. we are freeing you to do that. Is there is there a healthy, effective way to bring it up? Like, since you know so much about prenups, is there a way that you've seen that's been effective in bringing it up? Well, there's a couple of different things that you want to be able to do when you're bringing it up. You, you first want to be really thoughtful about the language that you use. You mm-hmm. want to use we language, okay. right? We need to talk about this. We need to make sure that you and I are both protected. We need to make sure that my kids, your kids, our kids are going to be okay. Versus uh, you need to do this. Right. 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 Okay. I'm worried about what's going on with you versus we really need to you know, make sure that we're both on the same page with this. So it's right. really got to be a conversation where you're talking about unity, even though it feels like it's a conversation that you're talking about division. Right. We want to make sure we're both on the same page, that we're planning this together that we both are looking out for each other as we talk through this. And, um, you know, and even is like you said, Shannon, say, you know what? Hey, I heard this thing on the radio. Right. Wow. That was so interesting. <laughs> yes. And then bring into it. Right. <laughs> Guys know what that means. Right. But still, they know we're trying, though. So they right. give me give a it a shot. Give it a shot. Right. But really that we language, because this can be so divisive. If you approach it from this position of unity, you get further along. Mm-hmm. And if you start hitting roadblocks, stop. Don't right. get into a fight about it. Right. Just say, oh, okay, maybe we'll talk about this later. Or, my, this is my favorite line of all times, this is too important for us to fight about this. Let's talk about it when we're both calm. Okay. 
That this is, is too important for us to fight about this. Okay. Yeah, this is too important for us to fight about this. Let's talk about this when we're calm. And that works in any number of situations. I promise I was thinking about when we choosing cereal. <laughs> <laughs> this is too important. Let's this just is, talk about it later. Let's talk about it later. <laughs> let's calm down. Hopefully that you can use that statement also to empower yourself because maybe that is a red flag. If this is something that you are very, uh, that is very important to you to have it happen mm-hmm. and your potential partner. Uh, does absolutely is against it that might be an indicator that there might be some other things that you guys won't be able to to come to a meeting of the minds on right i mean if you're going to be married to somebody as much as we want to think about prince charming and this just being true romantic love right this is a partnership yes when when marriages fall apart and i I do a lot of divorces. Yes. It often comes down to just this difference in expectation about how things were going to work. Right. Right. And we always, the the old joke is, is that women always assume they can change the man and Mm -hmm. the man always assumes he doesn't need to change. Right. Right. (laughs) So you really need to be thinking about it from this perspective of, would I go into a business with this person? Would I would I open up a shop with them somewhere? Mm, Right. And, And think about it from that perspective. Well, um, it, let's say we have had that conversation and we do decide that we are going to do this. We mm-hmm. want to sit down and do a prenuptial agreement. Yes. Is this something that I can just get the eggs and the yeast and make it myself at home or, or how should I get this done? No, you cannot. Okay. You cannot do this at home. And this is another place where every state is different. There are model laws, okay. but not every state has the same model law and those laws have been adjusted by each state. In Minnesota, there are very strict guidelines about what you need to do in order for it to be a valid prenuptial agreement. All right. If you're sitting on the kitchen table and the two of you fill something out and you both sign it, even if it's notarized, that is not a prenuptial agreement. Gotcha. Okay. So make a note, uh, producer Sonny. You guys cannot do this yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in Minnesota, the goal is is to make sure that the agreement was fair and equitable, both procedurally and substantively, both at the time it was signed and the time it's being enforced. Okay. So in order to do that, Minnesota has put together some steps that have to be followed that kind of give this at least indication that it was procedurally fair okay so one it has to be in writing can't do it no oral agreements simply not going to count so that eventually it doesn't turn into uh he said she said she said she said any you know he said he said any of those things once no, you get no, married no, okay. yeah well you always told me before we got married that we were gonna mm, doesn't doesn't do anything for you right. so it's got to be in writing has to be signed at least one day before the ceremony. Okay. Right? So okay. when we see on television as you're in the white dress and you're about to walk down the aisle and he hands you, sign this, we're not getting married. Can't, that you can't do. Okay. Can't do it in Minnesota. Good to know. All right. Okay? Uh, has to be signed by both parties. Okay. Right? Seems like a no-brainer there. You must also have two witnesses. It must be signed under oath. That's that notary. Okay. It has to have had a full and fair disclosure of all income, assets, and debts. So if you had a conversation, but then it turns out that they had uh, uh, a bank account in the Cayman Islands that yes. you were not aware of, if that comes up later, it's it, that's still fair game. Yeah, that could okay. be void. They, it okay. simply could void the entire agreement. Oh, so goodness. Okay. When mm-hmm. you're doing prenuptial agreements, we're literally exchanging pieces of paper and making schedules of what you have. All right? right. We're not getting yes. down to the dish towels, but we're dealing with the big stuff. And this is the one where most people get a little 
um, uh, turned off by this idea. But in Minnesota, both of you have to have a lawyer. Okay. And it can't be the same one. All right. Now, this is really important for a couple of reasons. Because you're creating a contract that alters Minnesota state law. Yes. You have to have a lawyer that can tell you what the law would have been without this agreement. Okay. So that you know what you're changing. And if you don't have that lawyer to have that conversation with you about here's what you would have had without this contract and here's what you're going to get with this contract, you are not having informed consent to the agreement. And so you're saying that that's quite often where couples tap out. Yeah. Is they, when it goes, well, we both have to get attorneys once we get to all this work. Right. Okay. Oh, it's going to be so expensive. It's going to be crazy. In reality, there's usually one lawyer who bears the burden of most of the work that needs to be done in preparing it and gathering and putting schedules together. And the okay. other lawyer will review and communicate and alter and make edits back and forth. But the, the second lawyer is usually less expensive okay. than the first lawyer. Look, you're already spending all this money on whether somebody's going to have an open bar or not at your yes, reception. This much. makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Absolutely. like this is probably a better investment on whether you enjoy your relationship on whether, you know, you know, your auntie got to have have a couple more cocktails right it's all fine so. And, and so it's and it's many people think too oh, i've got to be a billionaire to to have one of these things this is what really helps normal people understand and get a handle on what's going to happen when they do get divorced so that you don't take regular people who are living in middle america and suddenly give them a two hundred thousand dollar divorce right that we could have fixed by simply getting ahead of some of these issues when you are in love and you are agreeing about these things. And you want to make the other person happy, you know? And I just also, I I like having these discussions, uh, you know, here on the mom show because there are so many things that seem like a dire thing because it's very easy to go, well, you're preparing for when you're getting divorced, but you're preparing, like it should be a joyous thing to go, but you're also preparing, what if we have a 20 year relationship and I just don't want them to have to deal with this after I pass on, you know, it's like if you can have some of these conversations ahead of time, You know, hopefully you end up on a front porch together in rocking chairs and then you just, you know, one day this is one less thing they have to handle. I, you know, I, I, when I'm encouraging people to go and speak to someone like uh, your uh, attorney friends over at Sheridan Doulas about a will or setting up something for their kids, it's like, don't be so sad. You're not, you know, you're, oh, I'm planning for when I die. Yeah, but in a good way. Right. (laughs) What we're trying to do is we're trying to to eliminate the chaos. Right. Right. And when we have this idea of expectations, Expectation, and we both understand what that expectation is. Yes. It takes away the fear and the mystery. And fear is that thing that is the most powerful motivator, both for good and for evil. Because now we're talking about a situation where you want to get divorced, but you don't know what you're going to get. So maybe you stay in an abusive relationship because you're not sure what is going to happen. A prenup could have helped you with that expectation. Or maybe you don't get divorced because you think that your spouse is going to get 100% of everything. Right. And so you decide, you know, it's better to stay in an unhappy marriage to get and walk out of this with nothing. Those are all things that can be cured with a prenuptial agreement. And just having that kind of peace of mind, knowing that you're both on the same page with expectation can solve a lot of problems. Because backtracking, you're saying, is really the difficult part. It's always Mm -hmm. easier to make an agreement when you're getting along than when you're not. 
Well, okay. Well, when we come back, I think we need to cover a couple more things. So what do we still need to wrap up on in our first, our last segment? Well, I think it would be really helpful to just talk a little bit about the types of things that a prenuptial agreement can handle or the most common things that prenuptial agreements can handle, just so you can get an idea of the actual practical application. All right. That information coming up here on The Mom Show. Again, if you have a num, if you would like to call in, the number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Thank you again for joining us here on The Mom Show. We're joined by Deanna Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas. She is giving us all kinds of amazing family law advice. Again, this is com- uh, we're just answering some common questions. If you have any con- uh, concerns, you can ho- always listen to the show. You can also call in and ask Deanna a question at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. But again, this is not legal advice, even though it might apply to your particular uh, scenario. We do encourage you to go and speak to an attorney if you have very specific questions. Right. And especially with prenuptial agreements where they're very specific to your family history, what you've been through previously, what your particular situation is. This is really not the time when you want to take any general advice from anybody. You really want to get in and talk about, okay, how can this help me? In particular. Right. And we are really just, you know, this should be a joyous part of love is what it is. We are trying to make sure that we also free you up from feeling like, oh, my gosh, they're going to break up with me. I am Mm -hmm. ruining our relationship by bringing up these questions. Yes. No, I think that especially with our my talkers. I mean, let's be honest. Most of us are adults. This is probably not our first merry-go-round that we've gone through. A lot of us, you know, we, you know, hopefully have learned some lessons from relationships we had in the past. And Mm -hmm. we just want to make sure that we are going. Going into the next parts, uh, the next journey with as much information and make it as easy as possible. Right. And so whatever happened to you in your last relationship, if this is a second relationship, is going to color, is going to create fear for you as you're moving into this next one. So having a prenuptial agreement that defines those issues and alleviates that fear can actually bring you closer together because you're not always wondering, you know, is this going to happen again? So let's tell people what kind of things are included in this, uh, can be covered in a prenuptial agreement. So like we talked about before, anything that you own before the marriage can be included and we can redefine how we trace that to make it easier to be able to prove that later. We can also deal with uh, tracing of things that you receive by gift or inheritance during the marriage, which are already protected by Minnesota law. But again, you still have to trace them. Okay. We can define how we deal with marital property. So let's say that you really are great about putting money in your 401k and your spouse isn't and you're afraid that you're going to end up just losing all of that money. Yes. You can actually create a prenuptial agreement that says that the money that you put into your 401k uh, during the marriage when it would otherwise be marital property right is your non-marital property okay. we can define that we can define how we're going to share bills are we going to have a joint account or are we going to just pay for things separately okay and if i pay for something separately is it just mine or is it still ours <laughs> okay right <laughs> right um you can talk about cash flow you can talk about how we're going to create joint property versus how we're going to create separate property. You can also talk about spousal maintenance. Okay. So in Minnesota, there is no formula that controls how we calculate spousal maintenance. Because there is a formula for child support, and we know that that's changing 
soon. We said yes, in August. August 1st, the, the formula for child support is changing. And there's always rumors talking about what might happen with spousal maintenance. But as of right now, there are no rules that control spousal maintenance at all. And that conversation with spousal maintenance isn't just a one-off. It's not a, uh, we agree I'm going to get maintenance or I'm not going to get maintenance. Right. Because it changes depending upon your circumstances. So yes. maybe when you're only married for five years and you have no kids, doesn't make sense to do spousal maintenance. Right. But if you've been married for 20 years and you've got three kids and you stayed home with those kids. Right. Now we've got to be thinking about, did that prenuptial agreement really address that situation? So, And there could have been a scenario somewhere in there where somebody made a, de- a determination about their career based upon the other partner. Yes, okay. exactly. So we want to create some uh, expectations around spousal maintenance, but also create some safety valves for those changes that do happen. And then we talk about it, how we're going to divide things at the time of the divorce. So okay. we can say, if we've defined something, even if it was obtained during the marriage, if we've defined it as non-marital property do you just get to keep that or does it still have to be split okay and then we can define those things about how we're going to split things up you know if we it and when i say that i'm not talking about you'll keep the house and i'll get this instead we're talking in more general terms about how we're going to view property um, between marital and non-marital and then divide those things out okay and then finally we talk about those rights in the estates of the other person so You've been married five years or you've been married 30 years. What happens to that marital estate and who can inherit from you? Okay. Because the only way that you can waive a spousal right, that right to a portion of your spouse's estate, is through either a prenuptial agreement or a postnuptial agreement. Okay. But other you can't otherwise waive that. It's got to be in one of these contracts. Okay. So even if we uh, you brought up earlier a will. If yeah. I said that everything I have, everything I have based upon the statute right yeah. now. If we don't have a prenuptial or a postmarital agreement yes. you called it, then it means they get 50% and everything I have is the other 50% and that's what goes is dealt with in my will? Is yes. That, am so, I summarizing even yes. close to right? Kind of. Okay. So here's Thank what happens. You. The longer you've been married, your spouse is entitled to a larger, what's called a spousal share. Okay. So after you've been married so many years, your spouse gets up to saying that even if you have completely disinherited your spouse and you've decided we've had a rocky relationship for the last 10 years, I don't want that person to get any of my state okay they can come in and challenge the will and say oh no i get at least half or i get at least a third depending on how long you've been married right and if you had otherwise said i want all of this to go to my kids so that they're well taken care of that person can come back and say nope i want some of that okay take it away so creating a document that is thoughtful about those spousal shares is important too especially when we're talking about folks who are on maybe a second relationship. You're getting married in your 50s. Right. And we're starting to think about retirement and taking care of our kids and our grandkids. Right. You know, I just want to say for the people that that, that, that buy houses and get married, and mm-hmm. I just, it's so brave just to consider all the stuff. So we're going to talk about houses after this show. We're going to talk about the Red Hot Real Estate and just to hear all of the paperwork and all the things <laughs> you have to consider. Like, people are so brave to, to even do this. And then you just mentioned a postnuptial. Yes. <laughs> right. So a postnuptial, just to clear this up, a postnuptial agreement is exactly like a prenuptial agreement. Exactly. And all of the terms and all the ways that you have to do it, two lawyers, has to be in writing, two witnesses, it's 
identical. It just happens to take place after you are married. So you can modify a prenuptial agreement with a valid postnuptial agreement. That's the only way that you can do it in Minnesota. Mm, Okay. Or if you didn't do one of these and you realize after you are married that you have this problem and you are both of a same mind, we can enter into one then. But no, you're already married. Okay. So you both really have to want that change and you don't have the option of saying sign this or we won't get married because you're already married. Yes. As, as a, you're a family law attorney, right? Yes. Do you have like a one, like a list, a bullet list of like, here's some important things you should probably consider before. Because it just seems like so much stuff. It is so much stuff. <laughs> it is. And you want to be smart. And like I, we we both have our own children. And when mm-hmm. I die, I want all the things that I've accumulated to go to my baby. Yeah. And you're saying this now, like I could drop dead and he could be like, I'm coming for your radio thing. or <laughs> you know, It's, like, it's going to, you'll have to be married a while. Right. You'll have to be married a while before that happens. Okay. But okay. yeah, that that is true. That's how the laws in Minnesota are set up. That your spouse has a presumptive right to a hundred percent of everything you own whether it's in your name or his names or your names together uh if you die without a will so if you it's only if a will that this spousal share comes in but if you die without a will your your spouse gets a hundred percent of everything and deanne i think that might be a smart thing because we do have to start wrapping up but maybe what producer sonny just suggested would be fun for us to do during your next show because it'll still be when people are in the you know when we come in next time it'll still be in the midst of like spring marriage i mean spring wedding season could we maybe do a list of legal things that you might want to consider consider as you are going into your marriage yeah i think that's a great idea because i think that that actually is a very long list because there is a difference between the first wedding the second wedding you're right because I mean, I think that I would know if, you know, I'm still in jaded, I'm never getting married again <laughs> mode, honestly. But um, so, but, mm-hmm. but there might be some of these things that if we talk through that list, it might make me feel more comfortable yes. about it. Because that's part of it is I'm going, oh my gosh, dissolving that was so much work. Right. Yes. But maybe if I know what questions to arm myself with or what I'm looking for, that again, that'll help me get me more prepared for the next relationship I'm in. That's an awesome idea. Really awesome idea, Sonny. Perfect. All right. So we're going to cover that. We appreciate you sharing everything today Deanne and everybody can get a hold of you over at ssdpa.com and you can always find us at mytalk1071.com keyword mom show thank you